0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Brutia. And in this podcast, we're going to review the, the Virginia game, uh, Miami's overtime win against the Cavaliers. Mainly sit on a discussion, sit down and have a discussion about Tyler Van Dyke. Maybe what we think is going on there or what some answers might be or what needs to improve, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we can also provide some just general thoughts on the game after re-watching it and then on the back half of the episode we asked for questions from the uh through the smoke community on the inside the you.com message board and we will get into those questions some interesting questions there to to go through so gabby let's get into the virginia game and look i think I think it's fair for most of our discussion to center around the quarterback play uh, because it wasn't good enough. You know, Tyler Van Dyke, of course, 20 for 30 uh, with two interceptions, 163 yards. In terms of the games at Miami that he has started and finished, so that does not include the games like last year where he was yanked like against Middle Tennessee or the games in which he either got hurt and had to be yanked because he got hurt, or the games that he tried to play through an injury and was not able to play that game. So take all those games out of the equation. I think it's fair to say this was his worst performance and like of of his Miami career. And those games happen, you know, right? But I do think... What made this one so tough to stomach was the fact that, like, typically there is a correlation between bad quarterback play and bad pass protection. And that was not the case in this game. You know, I don't know if they've updated their stats, but like immediately after the game, right? Pro football focus, there. Stats that they released um, showed that Tyler Van Dyke was not pressured one single time during the game, which I have never seen in a power five game. I don't know if I've ever seen it against like an FCS opponent that Miami's had. Um, So he had, and it felt that way, right? Watching the game. I think even after the game, I said, look, there was one time where he was kind of scrambling. It was ugly, you know, that pressure isn't on the offensive line because he had plenty of time to throw that ball and still had to buy time, et cetera, et cetera. But Tyler had clean pockets to work with the entire game, which was crucially important because he is dealing with a leg injury, which I think is fair to acknowledge. Um, But he just didn't get it done. And and really what it boils down to is, you know... (laughs) It's, it's, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, and we'll get into it, but it seems like an inability to read coverages. It seems like locking on targets, whoever it is. Like, I don't think it's necessarily just one guy. Um, and I think, quite frankly, and we've seen this in the past from Tyler, I think confidence issues pop up at times for him. And I think this was one of those games. So, I don't know where you want to take this, Gabby, this Tyler conversation. What struck you in the rewatch uh, on Tyler?
2: I think it was a lot of just like what you just talked about, just really watching the offensive line performance and just how much time he had. And it just seems like he's just in a daze, in a funk of some sorts, that he's he's not reading the defense as well. Um, even when he kind of like, for, like that first interception he threw to Xavier Restrepo, like, you know, I, I, I could see that being the read and, like, that's where the ball goes. But, like, and then it's just, like, even when... I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah, but it's just the ball. It's placement. Just it's just underthrown. Yeah, which, honestly, overthrown. is not
0: typically his issue. Like, that, yeah. like, typically the ball goes where he intends for it to go. Now, typically when he gets picked off, he's forcing it into coverage. But in that Restrepo pick, it was an underthrow. So again, I mean, I don't know, right? Like no one around the program in, in this Mario Cristobal era is going to make injury excuses. Is there something to be said for he's de- he has a leg issue. He can't, you know, I mean, quarterbacking drive it. with your feet. Right. So I think that's a fair question to raise. Uh, but still it was picked not good enough. Bottom line business. You can't, have those types of mistakes sorry i cut you off
2: no 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 no. that's fine and uh yeah i mean I, I think all that all that's valid like he might be injured like i mean he might be dealing with some stuff but again i think if you're willing to go out there and if you're gonna go out there and you're gonna play like you know i we think yeah right exactly and i i think it's you know i, I just think you just put a lot of, and I, I just watching the sport right just like watching other college football games and you see like, I don't know, I feel like there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there that are operating in pockets the way Tyler Van Dyke is, you know, I feel like he's getting like, if you're a quarterback, like, what more can you ask for? Right? Like, as far as the like, from a protection right. standpoint, like, that's I mean, the most should... troubling thing from this it, entire game. Yeah. And it's just like, so Like where do we for me? It's just like, okay, like, where do we go from here? How do you snap out of this? Is this fix? Like, it to me, it seems mental. It seems like because like just the right. decisions that are being made are so bad. Like you watch him back and true. I mean, he got saved. Like it should have been a third really bad looking interception. And Jacoby George, honestly, I mean, just did a really good job playing corner yeah. basically on that play. And just honestly breaking that up, like just finishing through the defender's hands, like, you know, truly good defense by Jacoby George there. Cause if not, I mean, that's another turnover. Um, it, it, It's really difficult to just kind of understand, like for me, just why it's like how it's gotten the, to this place so quickly where it's just like how are you making kind of just these inexcusable reads and throws and it feels like it's just kind of like week over week now um it's just i, I don't even know what to make of it and I, I i just i my my whole thing at right now where i'm at is just like wh- wh- how, how do you get this right because i feel like they even kind of drew it up and i feel like they kind of slowed it down for him where we saw a lot more of the checkdowns, and they kind of gave mm-hmm. him like escape routes um he didn't always take them um, right but That's you an need...
0: answer. I mean, that yeah. is one thing like you drill that into him. Right. And again, this is I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm trying to provide maybe some explanations, you know, in terms of the injury thing. I think it's also fair maybe to point out. I don't think he's been like fully, fully practicing. Now, I think he's yeah. been practicing, but hasn't been like normal, healthy Tyler practicing. And when you're working on new things, you know, that could be a reason too for why maybe the offense totally looked out of rhythm. Again, I don't think that is a valid excuse for how bad it did look, but that could be, you know, five percent of what's going on there too, um, as a reasonable piece of an explanation. I mean, look, the bottom line too is beyond this injury game, defenses are telling us with the way that they are playing against Tyler we're going to drop back into various zone coverages we're not really going to send many pressures your way because Tyler frankly is pretty good against pressure Um, I went and looked these last so since they got into ACC play how he's doing when not blitzed and how he's doing when he's blitzed when he's not blitzed He is 53 of 85 for 468. So that's about five ish yards per attempt with two touchdowns and five interceptions. When he is blitzed, he's 22 of 30 for 371 with three touchdowns and two interceptions. So he is doing a decent job of burning the blitzes. Those two interceptions did come against North Carolina, but like this, this Virginia game, Virginia, didn't blitz on 80% of his dropbacks. He went sixteen of twenty-four for 116 yards with two interceptions. Um he's just gotta figure it out against this zone. And honestly, too, I put that I put a lot of this on Shannon Dawson. Like he's gotta find a way to help Tyler handle zone coverages, whether it's okay, if you are confused on a given play, find your check down um because quite frankly the protection in it has been good enough that's not even in the equation of this conversation which is crazy for me to say having covered Miami Hurricanes football for the past 16 17 years like that's always been a topic of conversation relative to poor quarterback play that's not even in the discussion here and so i think Shannon, this is a big Shannon Dawson week to me. You gotta find answers however you find them. Whether that's going more, I think there might be something to going to more four wide looks because you know, quite frankly, I like tight ends. I like having the threat of a tight end, but if they're not a threat, I don't know I don't know the benefit of having them on the field and taking off a Brashard Smith right? I think Bashard Smith threatens it, a defense more than a tight end. Um, so I personally, and I'm not saying go all in on this. I think tight ends in the red zone are very valuable. I would continue that look, bring in Cam McCormick in the red zone, pound out those teams in the red zone with those looks. Um, but in terms of like between the twenties, you have to move the ball. and And I think Miami, this, you know, playing these drop coverage type defenses, you need to threaten them with the type of personnel that number one will spread them out. That also gives you lighter boxes to run the ball into. Um, so it helps you in that way. And also, you know, quite frankly, I think Tyler benefits from having that extra weapon on the field. Um, so that's, that's one thing I think Shannon Dawson needs to get better at, just have a better plan for these drop zone coverages. Also, 2 he's got to be better, in my opinion. And I think, in general, Shannon Dawson's kind of like a hands-off coach in terms of – like, he's not a micromanager in terms of, like, dealing with personalities and stuff. Um, but he's got to find a way to tap into Tyler from a confidence standpoint because – you know, look, I think there's a lot of stuff going on nowadays. There's a lot of pressures on these quarterbacks and no one's going to feel bad for them. Um, they're now making money as they should, but with that comes expectations, pressures. Um, there's very little sympathy for poor performances. Uh, nobody wants to hear that and it is what it is. Um, but, but also just straight up playing quarterback is very hard. Um, And, you know, I think you can kind of just see, particularly in these home games, when Tyler throws a first quarter pick, he just kind of melts out there and things kind of snowball from there. It just feels that way. I I am curious if the data back set up. I didn't have time to go through all his first quarter picks, you know, particularly at home and how he played the rest of the game from that point on. Um, But it does feel that way. And it does feel like, in general he seems to handle things better on the road um but still i think shannon needs to embrace you know whether it's even just how he calls a game giving tyler confidence early on so that he kind of hits the ground running in some way because uh leaking confidence tyler van dyke is quite frankly not a he's not even an average quarterback he's just a bad quarterback Attention business owners, have you filed for the employee retention credit? Do the latest IRS releases have you concerned about your filing? Are you seeking clarity on your employee retention tax credit filing? If you've done your employee retention tax credit filing to a third party and have reservations about its accuracy, turn to the experts at Moosirino FURDOC PLLC.
2: Their team of experienced tax professionals will conduct a a meticulous assessment of your filing, ensuring it adheres to all relevant regulations and guidelines. Their rigorous evaluation process will leave no stone unturned, providing you with a comprehensive analysis of your employee retention tax credit submission. There's no hidden fees. They're here to help business owners who may have fallen victim to a third-party scheme. Seek certainty
0: in a complex landscape. Call Musserino-Furdoch, P-L-L-C, at 561-437-0414, or visit MusserinoFurdoch.com. That's M-U-C-E-R-I-N-O-F-U-R-D-O-C-K.com.
2: The holiday season is upon us, and Midway Sports is here to take care of all of your sporting good needs. Check out their wide range of selections for all your golf, pickleball, football, basketball, and baseball needs with a variety of -of top-of-the-line necessities and accessories to help you look and perform your best on the field of play. All of that located just a mile south of the University of Miami campus. Midway Sports is also there for all of your team uniform needs, whether that be your kids' Little League team or your adult softball team. Tell them Gabby Rudia with Through the Smoke sent you, and they will take 30% off the price of the, of the cost of your uniform order.
0: Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way.
2: Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things.
0: Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice-consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with pride financial and let's take pride in our finances.
2: Yeah. And I wonder, just like, just you speaking to the home versus road stuff. I want, like, I feel like the, I feel like people are growing kind of impatient with Tyler Van Dyke, especially right now. And I mean, look, when he made that, that he threw that first quarter interception on Saturday, it was like, threw it, yeah, you start, I mean, he, he's been feeling the booze. I feel like he's been hearing that pressure, but again, I think it kind of goes back to your point of just the fact that the quarter like playing quarterback, is a high stakes operation. You know, when, when you're, when you're on top, you're the best thing in the world. And when you're not, it's on you. And I think as a quarterback, and again, you have NFL aspirations, like you, you need to be able to handle and go through those kind of ups and downs. And, and you can't let those things kind of, you know, impact your play. And again, we, I don't, I don't know if we know we could, well, we will ever know if it, if it does, but it definitely feels that way. And I feel like just from like the body language and, and things like that. I think you can kind of see where he does get, you know, a little shaken up. And, uh, you know, and, and really, like, I mean, even if the like, three and outs, you know, you'll hear people kind of start laying it on the offense and, and think. And I'm not, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not saying that those, like, the, like that those critical moments from the fan base are unfair because I think that there's times, especially over Fans the are going to be fans. Right, You exactly. just got to deal with it. You just so. got to own it and you just got to suck yeah. it up. And like you said, like, you know, these guys are making a lot of money. They're, these guys are making a lot of money these days. And obviously there was the offseason situation and all that stuff that, you know, obviously benefited Tyler some uh, plenty. And, uh you know, I, I think you just need to be able to be, I just think you need to be better. And I think it's fair for people to expect him to play and perform better. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's frustrating. Just, I think it's a, I think it's definitely some sort of confidence issue. Uh, I think on, I think kind of the, the books out on Tyler Van Dyke, kind of what you talked about just with the coverage where everyone's just kind of like, make him kind of, th- like he, he. if you just kind of make him think too much out there, he might just make the wrong decision. And right. you have a free intercept, you have like you, you you like, there's a good chance the ball is kind of just coming your way. So I think everyone's just like, yeah, we're not going to we don't have to pressure him he's just going to kind of shoot himself in the foot and i think there needs to be some sort of collaborative effort and i think shannon dawson and I, I do agree shannon dawson needs to find a way to you know obviously this is not something tyler's very strong at this is not what he's great at and they need to find ways to design things that are going to be that just play more to his strengths and shoot if it's checked down and we're not pushing the ball downfield or whatever it is yeah dude, I, I just think there's something to just holding on to the ball you know, you just, you just gotta, you just gotta 100%. keep possession and you yes. just gotta, like, you just gotta find a way to, yeah. And if you need to, honestly, my, I feel like Miami's built, especially offensively on that offensive line, Miami's built for those guys to kind to, of, for you to kind of be able to lean on those guys. And if you can protect the ball, move the chains. And if you have to be methodical about it, be methodical about it. But I just think there needs to be a point of emphasis where like, if just, just don't put your team in that type, in those types of situations, um, because, I mean, it felt like, I mean, Tyler, it really felt like could have just derailed that whole game. And the fact that Miami won that game, just watching it back to me, it's just like, I don't know how they pulled this off. Like, it's just felt like, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it took, I mean, what it took to win that game is just other, I mean, three 48 plus yard field goals. I mean, that's not the recipe to win. And I think you can look back and not just on Tyler, obviously, but I think you can look at Tyler's performance and say, Hey, this would have been a lot more. This, this could have been a lot easier if you just protected the football. And I think you could say that about past performances as well. So uh, I, I think it's absolutely Shannon Dawson's job to find a way to instill some confidence into him and uh, find a way to just help him out and whatever that looks like. I'm obviously not smart enough to do that or know exactly what the answer is there. But uh, you know, I think, uh, I hope Dawson is, and I think they need to find a way to just kind of get him out of this, this ditch and get him out of this funk uh, what well, if he's rattled? Whatever it is, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what where we kind of go from here, and I'm not sh- even sure what to expect at this point because I think NC State's just gonna. think we're gonna see a very similar game plan. I mean They
0: are an aggressive defense, so I I am curious if they take this passive approach or if they kind of stick to their idea. I bet
2: they. I bet they will, but we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean a three three five is you know generally very aggressive. Right. So, um, you know, to me, I almost and I'm not saying you do it the whole game like you did with Emery against Clemson, but I think you maybe f- take some decision, t- take some thinking out of Tyler's hands by forcing him to throw a more quick game to Burchard. I think. Look, I hope he's healthy because he. It looked like he kind of got dinged up a little bit against virginia but ray ray joseph like you can see the speed and juice he has oh yeah when he gets the ball in his hands you know maybe get him some opportunities in the quick game too um i also think too just anecdotally it felt like a lot of his checkdowns were to his left and i think you know look we're talking about college quarterbacks so things are different at the college level than NFL level quarterbacks. But like in general, you know, for a right-handed quarterback, I think it's harder to hit that check down behind the line of a scrimmage um, to your left, because that's almost like directly behind your back. If that makes sense, maybe if it's possible, and I know hash hashes come into this equation too, et cetera, but maybe if it's possible design, the check downs more to Tyler's right might be a little, Advantageous Again, I'm grasping at straws. This is what Shannon yeah. Dawson gets paid a million dollars to do. So um I also think, too, like, again, we're nitpicking everything. And this is, like, again, maybe 1% to 2% of the factor of what's going on. I think Miami's receivers could do a little better job with their releases and also not getting... Not, not manhandled, but maybe like pushed around a little bit at the top of their routes. I think that's an area of an improvement moving forward. And I also think, too, Miami's running backs could be better at running the ball into light boxes. Um, and, and I put this more on the backs than I do the offensive line. Um, against, I went and looked against six-man boxes this year. Miami is averaging 5.1 yards per attempt, which sounds good, but that number ranks 44th in the country. So that's fairly average against what is considered a light box. Um, And look, I think there is reason for optimism moving forward coming off this Virginia game in that regard with Mark Fletcher getting healthier. Um, I think he is a running back that can go get his own yards which I think is an element that has kind of been missing. And we're also seeing some flashes, of course, from AJ Allen. So um, also in general, too, I I think if you go more four wide, that spreads out a defense, which makes even lighter boxes. So um, I'll say this too, Gabby, in terms of where does Tyler go from here? I mean, we've seen him have bounce back performances, so it, yeah. it wouldn't be shocking against to see NC State, it- right?
2: few years ago.
0: Yeah, well yeah. I mean that's I don't know if bounce back is the way to phrase that, but I mean early in his career, I would say like breakout game uh against he State. He went twenty five of thirty-three for three twenty-five and four touchdowns. That game was at Hard Rock, I believe, right? Yeah. So that was uh, the Blake J-
2: that was the Blake James Manny Diaz game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: In 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 the prime David Lake era of
0: Oh boy. <laughs> um and yeah, let, let's get into this too. I want to touch on this. There's a lot of like Jakari Brown talk, Emery Williams talk. To me, like I get it. Like I'm here for that conversation. Number one, I think it's pretty clear that they are ride or die with Tyler. I mean, Shannon Dawson straight up said like in general, he's ride or die with his quarterback when it, you know when the quarterback starts he's going to let him try and work his way out of issues which frankly i like um also immediately after uh, the virginia game in the post game mario cristobal was pretty crystal clear in saying tyler is our quarterback tyler is our guy so i don't necessarily think they have an appetite for you know willingly exploring other options when they have Tyler available to play. Now, Tyler's play will certainly dictate that here in the, in the month. Like if he's continuing to have bad performances, that can all change. I'm just curious, like, what is your take on this Gabby? Do you, cause I don't, I don't know how I feel about yanking quarterbacks in the middle of games and you know, giving other guys opportunities, you know, unless it's just epically bad, like, like middle Tennessee state, bad type of performances last year. um, And you're, you're losing by a lot. Then I think it's time to go to a different look at quarterback, but in a competitive game where a quarterback is somewhat struggling do you have an appetite for seeing either one or both of Emery slash Jakari? What is your take on that situation right now? Because again, I I'm here for the discussion. I am just not hundred percent convinced. And selfishly, I do want to see Jakari. But is that really best? I I'm not like convinced that is the case. That is the best thing for a 2023 Miami Hurricanes.
2: Yeah. And again, I think it's a an extremely case by case situation. Like, I don't know if there's like a blanket yeah. like answer like that. Just, you know, it, this is a consensus of how you handle the situation. Um, I think it's obviously it, it depends on what's going on. But I mean, I just think if like for Miami in this case, I think it would just have to be like Middle Tennessee esque, where it's just like from the jump, you're seeing that this is kind of borderline disastrous bad
0: performance and you're getting yeah. drilled you know? early
2: and i think it yeah. has to be early like i think it has to be obvious that like we need to do something like right now or this is just going to get out of hand and this can get borderline embarrassing if this yeah. like continues to trend this way um you know i feel like if it's just a tight game and like you know the, the game flow is going and you know i feel like that's a much harder dynamic of just like yeah, you know what, we're just gonna give Emery a series here or we're gonna give Jakari a series here. And I think it's different than like a package, right? Like I think with a quarterback like Jakari, I think it's fair to like maybe implement a package where, you know, you're gonna see you're you're just gonna give them a you different have an look.
0: appetite for that.
2: Absolutely. I have a, a I have a but, starving appetite. So you wanna
0: see it, but do you think it makes sense? I guess is a better way of saying it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it depends. Too. I think it depends. Like, like if you, I feel like if you're kind of controlling the line of scrimmage and you know, all those types of things, and it's kind of one of those grinder games where you know that like, you know, we are really going to have to kind of lean on the run or like, you know, feel like that's just the way that it's kind of going It Like I, w- I would be very open to seeing like a Jakari package with like, like Jakari and Mark Fletcher in the, in, in the backfield with the offensive line kind of rolling, right? Like this offensive line, I think in just kind of like run, like run mode, like we're going to grind this thing out. Like I would be very curious to see what that looks like with Jakari when you're not really asking him to maybe do a ton, you know, as a passer. And I, I do want to see him as a passer. I do want to see him kind of like deliver a strike, but I just want to see him kind of get out there and what he can do in a real, in a game situation. Lights are on and like, you know, I think he has a skill set. Um, But so, yeah, I mean, I would be open to seeing it in, in the right circumstance, um, but I just think it has to line up and truthfully, I don't know that we're going to see it. Like, I, I doubt I, we do
0: unless thi- an injury occurs, right. right? I mean, But I just,
2: I just think I, I just think where I'm at a point now where like, if we were going to see it, we would have seen it by now. Right. Um, I don't Clemson think the game was the time to roll that out. I don't, yeah. I don't but. think they're, they're holding that back for anyone at this point. Like, I don't think they're like, Oh, we're stashing Jakari to bring him out against this person or whatever the case is. I just think that this is how they're kind of doing things. And again, I think unless there's an injury or just something again, really just drastic happens, or even like something like there's an injury and then Emery even struggles to a point where it's like, all right, like we really need to explore Jakari. Then I feel like that's maybe the only path of to, to maybe seeing Jakari on the field, but I would like to see it because I just want to see what it looks like. And I think it would be just intriguing because I think Jakari is one of those types of kids that just games like game mode lights are on balls in his hands. I think he can. That's how you have I, to I evaluate he, him, you know? Right. Like, yeah. And so I, I would, I would like to see it, but I just, I personally don't think we're going to at this point. Cause I think it's kind of been made clear to me at least. I don't know.
0: Yes. I would agree with that. Uh, and again, I also would like to see it too. I'm j- I just, I don't know how you fit it in. I don't know. I guess you could force it. I mean, he's at that point in terms of regular season, there's four games left. He has not played this year. And so he could play all the regular season games and still maintain his red shirt. Um, But again, I I just think like Shannon Dawson is not a guy that really wants to do that. That's, that's kind of my vibe on or my read on him. I'll say this, like, and i I think you can win with a lot of different styles of quarterbacks, especially in in college. but i I, you know, I do think there's of course something to be said. uh I you know, I want to see in the future like this year it is what it is. but in the future, you just gotta have quarterbacks with some element of mobility to them. Defenses nowadays are just way too athletic. And I'm not even talking about like Denard Robinson type of mobility, but I think you need a guy that can, you know, use mobility to find answers, whether that's straight up scrambling for yards or or buying time to throw. Um, You know, look, this is in college football. Execution is not always going to be clean. And, you know, you're going to have breakdowns, whether that's receivers, running backs, your protection, like in college football, breakdowns happen all the time. And and so when you have kind of more of a statue quarterback or a guy that's not that mobile, it kind of, you know, slims your margin for error when those breakdowns do happen. Uh, You know, for instance, like for Tyler with this Virginia game if he was a mobile quarterback that instead of kind of forcing some of these throws could say, okay, I don't feel comfortable throwing into these zones. I'm just going to tuck it and go pick up four yards. You know, there is something to that. Definitely. And quite frankly, I think quarterbacks that aren't all that mobile make it easier for defenses to defend, you know, where the launch point in general is going to be, uh, the defense will always have the numbers advantage in the run game. You lose the that improvisation factor against college defenses. Again, we talk about how execution at the college level is can, can get dicey on offense. That's also the same for defense, and right. you see that when you have mobile quarterbacks buying time against college defenses. Um, you know those those execution errors uh, get amplified, you know, when, when quarterbacks can break from a pocket. So, you know, look again, I think you can certainly win plenty of games with the quarterback light Tyler. I think Tyler is pretty good at the type of quarterback he is. I just think you're making it harder on yourself. And I'm talking about for the future, like I'm talking about recruiting talent acquisition for the future roster. I think you're making it harder than it needs to be when you have quarterbacks that don't threaten a defense at all with um, mobility.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think it depends what your taste is. And there's an, there there's, I think it's obvious again, just watch, just watching the game. There's a million ways that you can win in college football. There's, there's a ton of different ways to do it. And I just think with, and we've talked about it before, with a quarterback like Chikari, it just, it takes patience and it takes time. And a lot of the quarterbacks that I feel like are uh, like, are like, uh, like the Jakari Brown profile where they're like, you know, athletic dudes, but you know, maybe not the best passers. A lot of those guys become the best version of themselves, or at least the best college version of themselves as they get older. Their so their passing
0: I skill improves. Right. Athleticism is what it is. Right. And it's just, but I'm not even necessarily talking about Jakari. I'm just talking about in general. Like, yeah, you know, in general, that's how I feel. I just think you're limiting yourself unnecessarily. Um, yeah, you know, this isn't 1984 anymore. Like, every it seems like everyone has some. Like, again, Tony Musket is not crazy mobile, right? But he threatens your defense with the mobility he does bring to the to the position.
2: Yeah. And I think all these, I think a lot of these quarterbacks that Miami's kind of played against, like a lot of them just have that ability. Like I feel like a lot of these quarterbacks, and I feel like even like in the NFL, like a lot of these quarterbacks that you see, like they at least have the ability to move. Like we're seeing like the trend away from like just statue, like pocket quarterbacks. Like I feel like we're seeing that less
0: and less. It's just Miami for some reason keeps like, I don't know. Again, uh, it sounds like I'm speaking bad on Tyler. I'm not like Tyler's fine, but there is, of course, that element in his game that is missing. How about just in general, what struck you on the watch from the Virginia game um, that you want to touch on, Gabby?
2: Yeah, I I think to me, I think one of the stories of, I mean, just I think really a big part of the reason why Miami won the game, I think it's just those red zone stops. A couple of the plays that stood out to me, like, I mean, just I think a lot of the young player stuff, I thought Jaden Wayne played a good game for the most part, obviously Ruben Bain, but one of the plays that I think kind of got i feel like kind of got lost in everything damari brown made a play on malik yep. washington near the goal i think it was like maybe like five yard line where they did that kind of fake like malik washington who's one of the most electric wide receivers in the country number two in yards uh receiving yards this year and he was obviously you know super dynamic in Good that player. game. fake motion kind of goes back out you kind of i think virginia is hoping he kind of gets the edge on damari damari kind of Puts his foot in the ground, breaks with Malik and meets him at the sideline and is able to stop Malik Washington from scoring. I think this was right. Maybe this was right after the 65, the long 63 yard gain. Um, I'm pretty sure it was that same possession. Maybe it wasn't. Um, But that was a huge, huge play that made that helped Miami eventually get a stop. Virginia had to kick a field goal. Obviously, that just kept a touchdown off the board. But I think that was a really, really good play by Damari Brown that got lost in all this, um, That like a touchdown saving play. I think Camp Kitchens and James Williams like coll- like, you know, both connected on like a nice, like solid tackle in the red zone to uh, that forced Virginia to kind of kick a field goal also. So I think a couple just a really like Miami buckling in in the red zone and forcing Virginia to a few field goals ultimately yep. was the difference in Miami winning and losing that game. So for Tyler for the Tyler Van Dyke turnovers for the Mark Fletcher kind of bobble on the pitch, which was a weird call. Like why you kind of went pitch there when your interior offensive line was just kind of dominating that game. But anyways um, I think that, you know, finding ways to, you know, buckle down in the red zone and get those and make those big plays. And especially for the young freshmen to make that play. I thought, uh, you know, those are just a couple that, that really stood out to me defensively.
0: Yeah. So Virginia, six red zone trips, only two touchdowns. So, you know, four field goals, two touchdowns. That is, you know, those are the margins that win you games. Uh, And I'm sure on the flip side, right? Virginia feels like that's where the game was lost. And I think that is fair. Anything else to touch on that, that you noticed?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was just that, – that, like that was, like, mostly, I guess, my takeaway. The other one was, like, the Jacoby George break, uh, breaking up the pass. I think that was obviously a huge play for him. What is um, your thoughts on him
0: the last two weeks in general?
2: I mean, last two weeks. So, that was this week and North Carolina. No, well, no, I guess I North guess-
0: Carolina we can include, too. He, he had a good game against North Carolina. Yeah. Um.
2: So, it was Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, I mean – I don't know. I don't know what to make it. Early on Jones. in that
0: game, you know, is a contested catch, but you got to catch that ball. Like I think in Miami's the, first drive. I think it was the
2: first drive, first drive of the game. Yeah, I feel like that's a ball you definitely need to. I feel like that's a ball you need to catch. Just help out your quarterback. You know, again, I think it's just kind of like everything's just kind of, it was one of those things where it just felt like everything was just like off about the passing game. Uh, But yeah, I think Jacoby needs to kind of bring that ball in. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I just think this wide receiver room in general, uh, you know, we've been talking about it for the last few years and it's obviously been better. You're maximizing
0: what they are.
2: Right. But it's just not good enough. I just think the, the big, like the, just my overall just take on the wide receiver room. It's just, it's just not good enough. Like, it's just not there yet. It's not where it needs to be. And Jacoby George is fine, but is he like who you want? Like being your like primary, like wide receiver two ish type. Uh, at least outside wide receiver, I don't know. I think like, you I... could
0: argue that they, the way they target and use them, he's wide receiver one on the outside. Yeah, is he
2: not? yeah, I guess he would and be. It seems that way. Yeah,
0: I don't agree with it, but it seems that way, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it does. And I just if if he's going to be your guy, like the thing I think that's just, I tough need to for me more. with him.
0: And look, it's not all on him, but but it is a trend worth paying attention to. Five of Tyler's interceptions are to Jacoby. So, you know, again, that's not all on him. Two of the, two of the interceptions are to Restrepo, two of the interceptions are to Bashard Smith, but it's something, I don't know. It's definitely in my head a little bit. I'll say fair or unfair. Yeah. Might be unfair. I don't know. Um, anything else?
2: Nothing that I can, nothing like off the top of my head that I can think of right now. What about from you? I mean, anything on your, on your end that, that, that stands out?
0: um it was mainly like my focus honestly was just the Tyler stuff and you know yeah it it just seemed like the confidence thing popped up in that game
2: right I agree with that
0: and you got to find answers there uh defensively you know I think first half like we said in the in the instant reaction first half it was sleepy it was fine. And and the second half things kind of buckled down a little first half. The thing that struck me defensively was just how Virginia kept getting converting third downs. And and it's because they kept chipping away. Like they, they got four yards on first down, then three yards on second down. And then they, they'd convert those third and short third and medium. So, um, you know, which credit to Virginia, that's what they had to do against Miami. and, And it worked for them. But, uh, you know, definitely a lethargic performance by Miami defensively in the first half. And, and they kind of found their footing thanks to the pick six from camp. Yeah, So,
2: I mean, that, that, that like 14 point swing in like, yes, that that third won quarter of the game along uh-huh. with
0: the red zone defense. Right. So.
2: That, I mean, without that, because I mean, I, I think outside of that zero red zone trips, I mean, AJ Allen had, I like, guess, 26 yard touchdown run. So, I guess they were like right there but like n- other than that i mean no real red zone trips offensively i mean i think that's just like i mean that to me it's just like super concerning just the overall like how, how do you just not even get yourself into that zone it's just like wow like aside yeah, from like you know obviously, it, obviously the interceptions and all that stuff has a lot to do with it and the turnovers and you know just lack of maybe productivity but that's i mean zero red zone trips is 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 pretty astounding.
0: Yes. And that's where like to me making the tweak of like maybe put more receivers out there and less tight ends, you know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Cuz it's not that the those personnel groupings aren't really getting it done to me. And we saw it. we have seen them kind of like they showed it a nice little empty set with you know, Brashard and sometimes they'd motion Brashard back into the backfield. I like those, those looks. Um, I mean, bottom line, it just was obviously a gross game offensively. Their one red zone trip, which if you count it is overtime, which doesn't really yeah. count. Yeah. Um, all right, before we take a break, quick ACC scheduling, you know, future scheduling was dropped. We don't have dates, but we do know who Miami's going to play conference-wise, for the next seven years, I believe, 2024 to 2030. Um, So just 2024, right? Again, we don't know dates of the conference games, but Miami is hosting Duke, Wake Forest, Virginia, and Florida State. They are at Louisville, at Syracuse, at Georgia Tech, and then welcome to the conference at Cal. And then, of course, non-conference at Florida hosting fan you ball state at usf but and i think one thing to note too with this new conference uh, schedule is florida state is an annual opponent and virginia tech is now an annual opponent which was not going to be the case right before adding these three new schools anything strike you about you know 2024 this acc slate
2: yeah i mean i i, I kind of I, i'm kind of Excited that they're—I don't know—I think it's cool that they're going to go to one of these California schools. Like I it's think different, that that's, yeah, yes, and I'm all, and I'm all for that, and I, that's why I think that's I'm kind of like yeah, that's kind of been like my conference realignment. Like I'm cool for I'm 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 with the matchups. Like I think it's cool to just see something different. Um, yes, I I think it's a I think just from an ACC picture, I think it's a pretty favorable slate. I mean, for Miami, you're not getting North Carolina. Um, uh, you get Florida State, obviously, that's your annual opponent. You get them at home. You don't get Clemson. Um, you don't get take. To... Go ahead.
0: For my annual rival, and again, I get the whole Big East connection with Virginia Tech. I'd rather have North Carolina than Virginia Tech.
2: Yeah, I mean that's. I, I mean, I, I can I can get on board with that. I mean, I I think before the annual, they just feel for... like
0: more of a rival at recently. this point. Yeah, yeah, recently,
2: definitely, definitely. Virginia Tech, I feel like long term, I get that, and I do think Miami, and Virginia Tech should play like. But, I mean, I just think recently North Carolina has kind of just been such a thorn on Miami's side. And I kind of do like the idea of playing – like, I do like playing North Carolina. Like, I think that's just, like, a fun matchup. Um, yep. But Virginia Tech's a cool – I mean, I feel like that's a, that's, that's a cool one, too. And you get Lane Stadium. I, I think this is just a – you know, it feels very – uh. you know, I mean, get we get a nice little uh, uh ACC Atlantic dose just in general between, you know, the Louisville, Syracuse – uh, wake forest, Florida state teams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's teams that we don't typically see that much. Uh, so I think, I think that's what I kind of like about it, you know, just, you know, wake forest coming here. I mean, I I don't remember the last time wake forest came down here. I know I've watched wake forest here before, but I know it's been a long time. Uh, like I think going, like going to the carrier dome. I mean, that's, that sounds kind of cool to me. Um, at Cal sounds fun. So yeah. And I, I I just think as far as just like, from an ACC schedule like it looks pretty favorable you know considering where these schools have been i mean duke i'm assuming riley leonard's going to the nfl uh i guess so, just We're an assumption right now or yeah could be that uh um, what yeah what what's going on here uh <laughs> duke wake i mean i think the, I, I just like the slate i mean i think miami had kind of had to kind of go through the gauntlet uh this year which is totally yeah, fine it
0: just matters how it. you know you gotta have dates i think but right. yeah i mean You know, honestly, the way I look at this last month, it's kind of proving, to me, it's a little tougher now than it might have been at the start of the season. I don't know. I mean, I did think NC State, Florida State was kind of a tough little back-to-back. I think Louisville is better than I expected them to be. And then Boston, like, honestly, like, all four of these teams are probably going to be both teams, which, you know, is... Is this is it's
2: gonna be a tough November. Like, I mean mine's gonna have to really gut out this November. Yeah, like, I mean, you gotta find be... a
0: way. It is what it is. Yeah. No excuses, but for sure. All right, so let's take a quick break and then we will get into some questions here from the message board community.
1: Selling a little or a lot? podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road
3: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
0: All right, first question comes from D. Colon 7, who asks, If you had to pick one position group to improve on, whether through recruiting or the transfer portal, what position group would that be and why? And then he wants to know some potential targets.
2: Yeah, for me, it's it's defensive tackle. Um, If I had to pick one position to improve on, just because I feel like, uh, you know, again, where, where Miami wants to be at its best is, you know, obviously in the trenches. And I just think the best teams in college football are typically the best along both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I think Miami's been good along the line of scrimmage, but I think there's still just a new, a, like a tier or two. Yeah. Uh, they that don't they have can depth. just yeah, they can the elevate eyes. right the Leonard's
0: probably leaving. So exactly. You
2: know. Um, so I think defensive tackle, and I just think it's just such a neat and I, I just think with what they want to do with how much they rotate and kind of goes back to the depth point, that detail, I I just think there's just such a point of emphasis on that defensive tackle and how much better they need to get there. Um, that to me, I think that that's just the spot where if I had to pick one position where I can just like inject, you know, two or three quality bodies into it, that's definitely where I would choose. That's definitely where I would go. Um, just some potential targets. I think the most obvious one is the transfer portal. So what yeah. targets targets? think
0: now they'll lean more into that? You know, Absolutely. I mean, they struck out in high school. It is yeah. what it is. Uh, but those funds aren't necessarily going anywhere.
2: Right. And that's yeah, I think they're absolutely going to lean on the transfer portal. I'm at the point where like just at defensive tackle, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they try to bring in, you know, three like somewhere in like the three range uh, of of just of just defensive tackles. I could absolutely see them going after a pass rusher too, just like a a veteran pass rusher type of guy who could who could who could help them along the edge? I think they've done a better a better job of stacking talent on the edge. I still think that that yes. room has a ways to go, but I think there's going to be a massive massive point of emphasis at defensive tackle in the transfer portal. So Tell I me think, this. yeah,
0: he's getting the job done at end right now, and I'm not like advocating for him to kick inside. Do you think? Do you hate the idea of Ruben kicking inside next year?
2: Yeah. I, I i could i mean I, w- I wouldn't hate it i feel like he's just been i just feel like the way that they're gonna use like him what is if you bring like back the...
0: mesador right mm-hmm. to me as a to me mesador is more of an end than bane is, bane is... Would, would you push back on that
2: i mean i think bane, like bane's I think better ba- but... bane's better bane's better on the inside than mesador is on the inside for sure
0: but he's also better on the edge but yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah exactly like, body type wise I think Bain's going to keep growing. Would you push back on that? No,
2: definitely not. I mean, and he's—I mean, what he looks like now, and just thinking about what he's going to look like ten months from now. I mean, he's just going to—yeah, I mean, I I, I could see it. And I I could could play both. He'll probably for sure. Yeah, he'll probably play both. But just playing maybe more inside. Like I think Miami's going to lean on him to do some of that type of stuff, and especially if Mesidor does come back, you know, off of this. Yeah. This injury. Um. But yeah, I, I could definitely see Miami leaning on Bane. I think they're gonna. I think they're hoping that Josh Horton's gonna kind of come around and be yeah. a guy that can factor into that. So I think that they. I think that they're hoping he can kind of come along with Jamil Harrison Burrows. Hunt
0: still has eligibility, so yeah, and he's. And he's I would. I would, bring him, I would yeah. bring him back.
2: I would bring him back. I would bring Harrison Hunt back if if he wants to be back. And then just you add and Jamil the, Burrows into the Burroughs guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: you're gonna you're gonna lose Dean. Um, you know, I would go – that's another thing I probably should highlight from the game. I thought Branson Dean had a, a, a good game. That's something I also yeah. thought of. Just there like was one play
0: game. where he was like – I mean, this isn't like – I don't know. His get-off on one play was like – I was like, wow, who is that? Because it was so impressive. Yeah. And uh, my first – my initial reaction, because it was so explosive and I expected it to be a smaller guy, was, oh, Thomas Gorson. And it was Branson Dean. I mean, not that that that's like some interesting nugget, but Branson Dean is explosive. He's more explosive than Thomas score, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely. That was, I'm sorry.
2: Um, Yeah, go get a, then go get a couple guys in the transfer portal and see what that looks like. Some, some real body types. Like you got to go get whatever you got to get the best of whatever the transfer portal, and everyone will be chasing that, but you need to find a way to, you know, have a very, very like a solid, complete transfer portal effort here in December, January.
3: Yeah.
0: I would go, cause I'm all about the fun. I would go wide receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver one. I think, you know, look, we've, we've talked about this so many times here with Mario Cristobal and his ability to develop good offensive lines. You know, I think the running game is always going to be good enough. The pass protection is always going to be good enough. You know, to me, like the next step for this offense is getting guys that can win, legitimately win downfield, you know, consistently. And so I I think whether that's in the portal, whether that's Jeremiah Smith, you got to go get a wide receiver one this year. They haven't been able to do that. You know, that's that position. I mean, honestly, they've struck out more at wide receiver in terms of like transfer portal stuff. Than they have even D tackle like D tackle has been such a push, but like, you know, Branson Dean, it is a hit. Like he is a guy that they've hit on here in the portal. So, um, I think wide receiver one is how they have to keep leveling up that offense from a personnel standpoint. The star Horton group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami Dade, Broward and Palm beach counties born and raised in Miami. Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients
2: get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell, or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to Star, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience
0: and help our Canes, call or text Star today at 561-573-4661. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers, for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at TorresLionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Yeah. Kane's, Kane's Cowboy says, just for fun, if Miami would the transfer quarterback route, for 2024 who are some guys you'd be intrigued by potentially obviously no one is in the portal yet so this is a hypothetical I know Michael Pratt from Tulane seems to be an obvious option from Boca your thoughts so let's just say on the front end right this is a total hypothetical Um, in theory Tyler Van Dyke can still come back he has one year of eligibility you know Miami's got to figure out what they want to do there if they want to do that if Tyler wants to do that I mean that's a two way street right but let's just talk I mean for me at least Gabby hypothetical Michael Pratt I don't know if you have another name but like if you want to just have the conversation about Michael Pratt do you think I guess let's just frame it this way do you think would you rather have Michael Pratt in 2024 than Tyler Van Dyke
2: yeah I would I would rather have to I, I would rather have Michael Pratt. Um you know I just think you know again I think he's a guy that's obviously played a lot of football to this point uh you know I think he's just kind of continued to get better just over the course of his career. I mean he's off to I mean he, he led He's getting better. Yeah. yeah, he's he's led to, he led Tulane to um was the Cotton Bowl, you know, knocked he's off a, US.
0: So for people that don't know, he's a four-year starter at Tulane. 6'3 yeah. 220. As, as the question states, he's from Boca. He played at Deerfield Beach, I believe, his senior season. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's averaging like 230 passing yards a game this year, 14 touchdowns, three picks, 71% completion percentage, 9.7 yards per attempt. He also, like to me, Gabby, the reason why you, you and, and I probably would agree with you, He he brings that mobility factor. He's, he's run for 231 yards this year for touchdowns. Last year, he ran for 10 touchdowns, um, scramble yards. Um, he's converted 21 first downs as a runner. Tyler Van Dyke has converted 17 first downs as a runner in his career. So my take on it, and I'll let you go, but like, I don't think Pratt is like as talented of a passer from the pocket as tyler but he does bring you some college e elements with his ability to run a little bit and he has a little more moxie to him i think than tyler does
2: yeah and i think a lot of that is why to me it's just a clear yes and i just think that that mobility i mean he's ran for 27 touchdowns in his career and this year he's averaging the most yards per rush of his career he's averaging three point yards 3.9 yards per rush um and like he's completing a high rate of his passes and look, I I mean the touchdown to interception, fourteen touchdowns, three interceptions. Like I think it's about taking care of the ball. Like I think this Miami team, you know, if you if you have a guy that's gonna run the offense, help kind of move the sticks with your legs, all that stuff, and you're gonna protect the football and you bring those leadership characteristics. You have a big frame that's six foot three, two twenty. Uh, I think he's a gritty guy who knows how to win. Is that
0: Chikari Brown?
2: Oh, <laughs> Yeah. uh, I guess Pratt's kind of proven it a little bit more through the air to this point, obviously. Um, But yeah, you know, I think just a lot of those characteristics to me personally just stand out um, and just what that would bring to Miami. And, and look, again, obviously this is extremely hypothetical. And so I'm not suggesting this in any way, like I'm saying, he's going to hit the portal, but like you kind of said, he's a four-year starter at Tulane. I feel like he's kind of given it all to Tulane. He's kind of done what he's kind of, been able yeah. to do i mean i Kinda think like
0: hartman right right yeah Last and year. i
2: exactly and i think you know if if i'm michael pratt or the people around michael pratt i do think it would be worth exploring you know an he's gonna opportunity. have options. yeah he's, he's gonna, gonna have make plenty. a lot of money he's, definitely and um i think that it would be worth exploring what power five interest he would generate and obviously him being a south florida guy uh, i think it would make a lot of sense just with you know, what Miami kind of would need, uh, again, assuming Tyler Van Dyke moves on or, or assuming this is an option on the table, to me, it's just an absolute no-brainer. Like, you you do this if you can make it work. And, yeah, that that's, that's my overall take. Like, I think Michael Pratt would be just a home run transfer portal quarterback if that's a situation that kind of came up.
0: Yeah, I mean, my thing is this, too. If, if you're a fan of a college football team, right, and you're chasing, like, a perfect quarterback at the college level, you have to kind of understand that that doesn't exist. College players are developing. They all have some flaw or flaws. The question is how serious are those falls, flaws? How do you manage them, manage their strengths and weaknesses? Even, like, Caleb Williams, even, like, Drake May have flaws to their game right now. They will keep developing at the NFL level and improve their skill work. In addition to improving, you know, how to read defenses, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes was nowhere close to being Patrick Mahomes at the college level. So I think if you're expecting like, let's say hypothetically Miami land goes out and adds Michael Pratt. If you're expecting him to throw from the pocket like Tyler Van Dyke and be a better runner. That's just to me unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, you to me, they're kind of similar-ish levels of quarterback talents. They just have different strengths and weaknesses, and it's just about preference from there. Um, kind of like like Derrick King, right? Like to me, DeRek King, very good college quarterback, brought you that mobility. There was some um, you know, he wasn't like the a perfect passer by any means. He was good enough. Uh, but if you're only focusing on his imperfections as a passer, you're missing the ball with what everything else Derek King brings to the table as a quarterback. So it's just an interesting conversation in, in terms of what people expect from the quarterback position. Because to me, sometimes it feels like fans expect like, like they watch Sundays and they expect to see that from the quarterback position on Saturdays, and to me, that's just really unfair to every quarterback um, at the college level. Sam Wright asks, name three current freshmen, not on the two deep, that you're most excited for next season.
2: Yeah, for me, um, I three of the most, I, and again, I don't know if it's like on two deep, but I mean, whatever. So this, this, these are just the three freshmen I'm going to throw out. Uh, Tommy Kinsler's one. Uh, okay. I, I, I think I think that you know they again I think they are just sky high on him. We've said that countless times here on this podcast. Uh, Joshua Horton, the defensive tackle, is another one. Again, I think yep. that they I hope he's going to kind of come around and continue and be a contributor uh, at the defensive tackle spot. And the third one that I have is Damari Brown, the cornerback. Uh, you know, just because okay. I th- I think that he's I think he's someone that. One, I, I was excited about that play he made. Uh, and I think that he he's has, a good player. I think he has a just, promise. As honestly, a yeah.
0: I think the thing that holds him back more is just Takori's playing so well.
2: Right, yeah. And so it's like, I think he could be a good, I think he could be like a good nickel at Miami. Like I think that yes. if that's a spot that he kind of settles on, I think that he could play that. Yeah, I think he could end up being a good, like a really good nickel. And technically in, in he's seasons. in the two D, but who's counting, right? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I didn't like. <laughs> look, I didn't really look up the too deep, if not like there. Was, like I didn't want to say like like I wanted to say like Jaden Wayne, but he like played a bunch on on Saturday, so I was like I felt right. maybe like that was cheating. But like Jaden Wayne, no, I'm just there, i I'm busted, yeah.
0: So I had Horton as well. I had Kinsler as well. Two guys I just want to throw out there, and this is more so me being interested in them because I do think they're good players, and I think they could bring some juice to the offense. I'm really intrigued by the development for next season with Chris Johnson yeah. and I'm, I'm intrigued to by Robbie Washington. I hear some decent things, honestly, about Robbie on scout team. So, you know, I think both those guys have some juice to their game. Definitely I'm not ready this year, but you know, next year, crack the playing rotation. I'm not even saying like starters or anything like that, but just get on the field a little bit, yeah, particularly Robbie- Chris.
2: Yeah, and Robbie has a little bit of like Brashard to him, you know? Like I feel like they're yeah. like I feel like, you know, I don't maybe it might be a, a similar developmental like kind of curve well, what did Rob- the Palmetto coach tell us when we were out there? Yeah, that Robbie was what a better player than yeah. than Brashard was. Uh like I think and I think that there's something to I mean Robbie makes plays, man. Like I think Robbie, I think I think one thing that probably Kind of holds him back the most. Probably like drops. I feel like that's probably yeah. somewhere like, something that he needs to kind of clean up. Which but was also he... a
0: Brashard thing, right? Right.
2: And I think once I think once Robbie kind of puts it if he, once he kind of puts it all together, like he's gonna be a guy that I think is gonna make plays at Miami. Like I, he's absolutely talented enough to make plays at Miami. Like to be a guy who plays gets on the field uh, for Miami. So I'm excited to see Robbie Washington whenever his time does kind of come around because there's no doubt that he he's got some juice to him. Um,
0: that speed you know, of johnson is just it is popping. yeah yeah
2: yeah and when, again i think he's just and we talked about it like i just think there, there was just areas of his game that he just needed to kind of just continue to grow and uh yeah. you know, I, and well, i think once he's just kind of in it and he's kind of just kind of been in the strength and conditioning stuff i think once you just get the better feel for the running back position uh you know that speed is just i mean it's 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 borderline like like the college track level, like he could probably run college track. Uh, that's oh, how yeah. fast he is oh, and yeah. uh, and potentially beyond. So uh world-class type of speed. So Chris Johnson, if you put when he when he puts it all together, because I do think he will, is going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: J a dub five asks, I don't much care about star ratings, but do you think there will come a time where this staff starts pursuing the top end high school quarterbacks instead of focusing on, toolsy developmental guys seems like a recipe for a thin quarterback room if you have injuries they've prioritized top offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the first two years so is the plan to just keep doing that or is there a path to getting the best prospects at the most supportive position so I think it's worth saying on the front end they did try and get Aaron Nolan yeah and
2: they that was the up point that just I was short
0: do. came up just short he committed to Ohio State For me, Gabby, like you're the recruiting guy, but I'll I'll just get this off my chest first. Like I'm, I'll admit like I'm sitting back and watching how this quarterback recruiting approach plays out and works out. Um, I'm not saying it's not going to work, but to me, like I do have some big picture concerns. It's not even specific concerns relative to Judd Anderson or Luke Nickel. Um, but just I do kind of feel like Miami right now is recruiting the quarterback position like a group of five air rate team and I don't think that is the right approach now believe me I am the type of guy that will admit when he's wrong when he's wrong and if these two guys go on to be big time quarterbacks I will be wrong and I will admit it but I just think, again, like the question asks, like I am a a big believer in you have to maximize whatever quarterback talent you can acquire every cycle, the best you can possibly get. And it just feels like kind of they're settling a little bit right now. And so I am a little concerned about that. And and last thing I'll say, to me, it kind of boils down to what type of program do you want to be? Do you want to be a program that's in the mix for high upside quarterbacks? and you work to develop, you work to recruit and develop those players and, and manage those egos, et cetera, et cetera, you know, have a talented stocked quarterback room and everything that comes with that. Um, and also too, those, frankly, look, stud quarterbacks attract other stud players Definitely. in their classes too. So it does matter in that regard. Um, or do you want to be a program that's like happy with winning nine or 10 games a year and, you know, hoping you find a diamond in the rough. and To me, Gabby, Gabby, just doing this for a while. The more that you stack diamonds in the rough, the worse your depth is over time. So I'm curious how all this goes. So I'm just kind of sitting back and
2: watching. Yeah, and I think that's fair, because like, let's say you stack two of those guys in a row who it's just like, oh, these are eval guys. We like what we got. And, uh, I mean, if one of those but guys, they if, have to play. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. What if they have to play and Yikes. what if they're not ready? And then you're, I mean, I just feel like the downside of, of that route, of that, of that path is, is, is really scary. Um, and, and to their credit, you know, again, like what you said, I was going to highlight, I think, you know, maybe the track is, you know, maybe lock in on at least one guy you really like and, you know, go kind of all in there. And see where that kind of goes while kind of doing your homework on a tool Z. And that's kind of like what Miami did this cycle. Like they did go all in on Aaron Nolan. They did try their – they tried absolutely to get Aaron Nolan. And I do think they came close but they were kind of at that point already ready to pivot to Judd. Well, I mean, they kind of did like the day yes. before Aaron Nolan announced. Yeah. yeah. Like Judd announced his commitment to Miami. So like, I think it's, I could just see, I mean, but then it's like they went early in 2025 with Luke nickel, but let's see if they still even try to chase the top 2025 arm. Like there's still a lot of time. And I do think, but, and, and, and I will say this, if you are going to kind of take this route, with like going the tool Z developmental guys, you need to be willing to be like extremely, extremely aggressive in quarterback markets in the transfer portal. If you see that something's yeah, not working absolutely. out. So if you go this route, you can't just be like, we're living and dying with these guys. If you're going to go this route, you have to be honest to be like,
0: about your yeah. own evals.
2: Right. And that's, and that takes a lot of, I mean, that takes a lot of looking in the mirror. That takes Which I a think lot. They of, are honestly, right. I think this regime and I was, I I, I was going to say, I do think Shannon Dawson is that guy. Uh, you know, like I, I think that he would be willing to be like, hey, this is not particularly going the way that we thought it. would. And above
0: him, and above him, honest. Like Mario's yeah. the same way. You know, 100%. they're recruiting people. So a hundred percent.
2: Like I don't think that they're going to force an issue because they like a guy. I think that they're willing to be like kind of how Mario Cristobal says. What does he always say? Like, bluntly, uh, straight up, uh, straight on with transparency. <laughs> like I do whatever that his little go. No sacred cows. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so I do think that they do they have that mentality, but again, so if you're going to do all this, you need to be willing to right those wrongs in the transfer portal and you need to be willing to be major players. And that is an element that makes things different, right? And we and I feel like we still don't know yet because we haven't really had to deal with that yet of where Miami, or maybe not totally, maybe David, like maybe behind the scenes, just when that Tyler Van Dyke stuff, like. Maybe we got like a miniature taste of, of like what a pivot would look like. Um, but uh-huh. I, I don't know if I should have said that, but whatever. Um, but like I think that we need to show that – I think they need to show that they are going to be willing to be active. And I think they will be. So we'll see. But I, I'm curious what it looks like when we actually get there.
0: All right. Just some quick hitter questions. We don't have to like spend too much time on these, but let's rip through them. ba 4 Canes asks – is tight end usage a wash for this season, or do you think there's a chance we will get them involved at some point? Honestly, I think it is what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, unfortunately, it looked like Elijah got dinged a little bit on Saturday. We'll see if he's available this week. Um, and just in general, you know, I don't think Riley Williams is quite there yet. Like there's talent there, but he's not quite there yet. Seems like they want a redshirt Jaleel Skinner, uh, which I'm fine with, honestly. And Cam McCormick is a blocker. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, to me it kind of is it is what it is at this point. Um, you know, I I don't I don't see it getting much better. I would enforce
0: it. I would enforce yeah, it. Yeah,
2: and like that's I want to know I want to know how how healthy Elijah Arroyo is right now. So Yeah,
0: I don't think he's Elijah Arroyo, so which is unfortunate because he's battled his way back from yeah. injuries, but that's you know, football's a brutal sport, man. So shirtless sheriff asks. Biggest roster surprise so far this year. Give one positive and one negative. You want to take this?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I took. I mean, for roster surprise, I went Daryl Porter. Uh, okay. I think he's. I think he's played well. Um, and surprise, I guess, in a negative way. And maybe this is like not totally fair, but I think Cam Kitchens has underperformed relative to like expectations. Uh, obviously, he had that big play against uh, Virginia, and that was huge. But I just think overall, big picture wise, uh, Cam Kitchens, I don't think has kind of. Uh, you know, lived up to what I thought he was going to be coming into this year.
0: I would say to Corey Couch is better than I expected coming into the year.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I would also say to like, I, you know, you and I both were big Ruben Bade fans and believers. I did not see this coming as a true freshman. So I am surprised by the way he is throwing grown men around as a true freshman in terms of like the other side of that. I am a little surprised that Colby Young hasn't been a little bit more impactful than he's been. So that's how I would go with that. Yeah. I, I am you cat asks, has the ship sailed on Jeremiah Smith, or is there still a shot at a flip?
2: Yeah, definitely not. The ship has definitely not sailed. Um, I think that Jeremiah Smith is still giving. They're communicating. uh, Definitely still, comu- definitely still communicating. And, uh, you know, I think he's yeah, uh, plenty. And, uh, I think that there's, you know, I think Miami's still firmly in the mix of that one. I th- still think Jeremiah Smith has given Miami, uh, a, a very, very, uh, real look. So just got to continue to chip away. Got to continue to perform on the field and, uh, see where it goes. But yeah, I definitely do not think that the Jeremiah Smith, uh, ship has sailed for Miami.
0: My no, no square asks before the season, you, uh, before the season started, you and Gabby mentioned that Devonte and Damari Brown might both start game one. We barely seen them the whole year. Was that bad intel or what happened there? So I would say, you know, it wasn't bad intel. Like we saw it with our own eyes uh, in practices and in scrimmages. In hindsight, I do think, you know, I look at it as maybe them just giving them every opportunity to go win the job. And unfortunately, I think, you know, they didn't perform at the level for the coaches to be comfortable with significant roles. And quite frankly, the play of the other guys, like to me, there's no question that, you know, the three that they're rolling with right now are the best three. And look, the the little bit we're seeing of Devontae, he struggles a lot with playing the ball with poise. He's, he barely plays, right? And he is tied for the most defensive pass interferences in the ACC. So it's hard to, you know, make a, you know, pound the table for him to play more. I think Damari, like, like we said earlier, I think the fact that Takori is playing well and and dependable is keeping Damari off the field. I think Damari would be playing if Takori was playing like we'd kind of seen Takori play in past years. But to Corey's level up, and look, this is why recruiting is the secret sauce of, of college football. Damari is a good player. You bring him into your organization, it pushes older players to keep improving, or Damari goes and takes your job. So I don't know if you have anything else to add on that.
2: No, I mean I think that's, I think I mean that's right. I mean De- Devonte Brown has I feel like has gotten opportunities, and he has been sort of like a walking PI. And Corey Couch has responded. And this like to your point, like, I mean, this is what competition is. You either elevate your game or you get passed up and to couch has, has answered the call of competition and has leveled up his play. So, and I think that, and I think that helps Devon Damari Brown continue to get better. Like that helps Corey, yes. to couch, continue to get better. And I think that that just works for the whole dynamic. Like that's what you want across the board. Like, I think that this is, I think this was best yes, case scenario. Your veteran got better. And you don't have to play a true freshman at a key position like, you know, because the freshman pushed the 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 veteran a little bit. So, I mean, I think this is this is why you go and get dudes and get people into a place where it's just like, all right, like I have to I have to perform to keep my job because, you know, this guy's coming. Tags 305 asks,
0: how's the running back room look in two weeks? Do Citizen and Fletcher take over Don Parrish, AJ? So just my opinion I think we're going to see Mark, you know, barring injuries, right? So that kind of goes without saying. But let's say everyone's healthy and good to go. I think we're going to see Mark Fletcher and AJ Allen as the two primary guys here in the last month. Like if we're looking at carry or attempts for the month of November and there's no injuries, I think Mark and AJ will be one and two.
2: Yeah, and I think, again, when we're kind of going into the season, I think at this point of the season, we thought that that was going to be what the rotation was going to look like at this point. I think that's what they were hoping it was going to look like. And I think we're getting to the point where it's trending that direction where AJ is clearly, I think, it, we want I I know you specifically wanted to get an opportunity. You want to see AJ Allen get like an expanded opportunity. And I think he made the most of that opportunity. And Mark Fletcher, I mean, when it was time to kind of put the game away, who did they put the ball in the hands of? They put it in the hands of Mark Fletcher, especially as they were kind of in that red zone near the goal line. Like, I think that's when they're going to go and lean on a guy like Mark Fletcher, who's a bigger back, who. Can who's a tough dude to bring down, and I think that proved to be really effective. So I could see Miami kind of continuing to lean on those two guys. I'm, I don't, I don't know what to expect of from Trevante Citizen this year. Like, I don't want to have, I don't, I honestly, don't I expect bet we anything. see him at
0: some point, but in a I very just, small role. Like, right, maybe and even I don't want to expect,
2: game. I don't even want, I don't like, I'm not even like dying yeah. to see it either. Like, I'm not like, please, like, feed me De- Trevante. Yeah, Citizen. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm all for just like, all right, if you're healthy, that's good. Like let's let's take the off season to kind of get you right, With maybe him, get you get you it's a few a reps in.
0: It's a right. confidence thing. So
2: back to back, like you know, major injuries yeah. like that or surgeries and recovery is is not easy. That's mentally taxing. And so yeah, maybe like later in the game or in the bowl game, like maybe we get him, you know, some reps, some carries, just to kind of get him just kind of in that rhythm of playing in a game which he hasn't played in in two years. Right. Um I think that that is valuable. I'm curious to
0: see it, though. I am curious.
2: Yeah, but I'm just like I would rather just I'd rather him be healthy because I I'm 100%, 100%. More, I hundred I would more I would be more like I'm I, I would like to see what or that 2024 running back would look like with AJ uh, a healthy AJ Allen healthy Mark Fletcher healthy uh, Trevante Citizen incoming Chris freshman Chris Johnson uh, incoming uh, Kevin Riley like I would like to see that whole. Dynamic because that's when it started. That's what it would be like. All right, this looks like the way it kind of needs to look, right? Like, I yeah. feel like that's a what I'm saying
0: game. is garbage time carries if yeah. Miami gets to that point.
2: Get him, get I'm him here. a few. I'm here for that for sure.
0: All right, so we will get out of here on that. Appreciate Evan for listening. Um, we will be back later this week previewing an important NC State game on the road. This month of November is going to be critical, and we will see how the hurricanes perform. Appreciate everyone for listening. Thank you again to all of our sponsors. And until next time, take care.